to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Acts 2.38. It's tough to go from talking about Santa Claus to scripture, but I'm going to do it. Hope I ain't bursting nobody's bubble. And I think we all grown. We all know the Santa Claus ain't real. Praise. Thank you, Jesus. All right. <laughs> Help it. We'll pray for you in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. I told my kids from the jump, hey, no, I don't care what color. I ain't no, the only man that bringing gifts in this house. I was like, yeah. I was like, Lord, yeah, you get the glory, but I'm going to get the credit for this one. All them gifts under that tree. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody else did it but mommy and daddy by the grace of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right. I'm going to preach today. Come on in. The door is unlocked. Praise God. Would you help me pray? Father, we love you. We're so thankful for what you're doing in this place. Your presence is here. And I believe you're going to confirm your word with signs and wonders for your glory. In Jesus' name, release the gift of faith. We grab a hold of your word. We are here because of you. And we're here expecting you to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. All right, clap your hands unto the Lord if you love him. Um, okay. I wasn't sure. I was about to start singing something. That Pastor Barry spirit was on me. Praise God. You let Pastor Barry get up here. He, he going to sing. Pastor Barry going to sing. Thank you. It's on me. That's why I started singing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take a look. Y'all are good. Let's, uh, there was a, once a temple tucked away in a small village, a small mountain village, and the temple had huge stone doors uh, that could not be opened by man. They were so big, and only God, the people were told, could open them. It was rumored that if the right man of God had come uh, and whispered or sang a song, uh, singing a song in particular with the name of God in just the right voice, in just the right tone, with the right melody, and if God were pleased, he would open the doors. Day after day, men of God came and they sang and they whispered the name of God to the closed doors. Nothing happened. Years passed and no one could get God to open the doors. Word of this temple and closed doors spread throughout the land. And a young man who had a beautiful voice came to see the temple. He sat before the doors and he sang the name of God and nothing happened. The young man was so determined. He had such a, an appetite for the doors to be opened to see what was beyond that door. He came daily before the temple and sang to the closed doors. He did this for a period of three months. Finally, after three months of singing, 
There was a loud rumble of thunder and the doors began to swing open. Immediately, the young man went away into the wilderness, began to pray, and he, he asked God, why did it take so long? What was the matter? Was it him? Was his heart not right? And God replied, ah, quit worrying. I was enjoying your music so much. I didn't open the door. It's a fanciful, cute story. But today I come to speak to you about doors and the opening of doors. Not the tallest doors for those who are in Cape Kennedy allowing the shuttle to enter and to exit. Not the heaviest doors for they're in Japan shielding a cold fusion reactor. 38 feet tall and 38 feet wide and 6 feet thick weighing 708 tons. No, I'm coming to let you know that as a matter of fact, these doors that I'm going to talk to you about today are already open. Come on in. The door is unlocked. When you hear that statement, I've had people come over and if we're having a gathering or if I'm expecting someone and I know that I'm cooking and preparing for them, they'll knock not knowing that the door is unlocked. And certainly you've experienced that yourself. And what I'll do as I'm preparing and doing what I'm doing, I'm like, come on in. The door is unlocked. What am I saying? They are welcome and open to what's beyond the door. It suggests a friendly invitation indicating that there is an openness and an expectation to the visitor's arrival. And I've made it convenient by leaving the door unlocked. I want you to know everybody is welcome at Extraordinary Church. I'll preach to this side because they're clapping their hands. Everybody is welcome. I'm going to say, come on in. The door is unlocked to the black and the white, to the red and the yellow, to the brown, to the educated and the uneducated. Everybody is welcome at Extraordinary Church. It also implies trust and safety because the home is letting them know you're in a safe, environment you're in a safe space we're locking doors is it necessary y'all not gonna help me today praise god but when you leave you ever been somewhere some of y'all know what i'm talking about some of y'all lock the door so quick the moment you get in the hotel you done lock the door and fold up the towel and put the towel through the thing so can't nobody get in praise god because you you don't feel safe but the reason, not just the reason we say it, but the reason we embody it, the reason why something feels different at EC is because we genuinely believe this, that we are the perfect church for imperfect people. You got issues? Good. Look at your neighbor. You even want to say this? Look him and say with conviction, you got issues. Look at y'all. That right there. That was, I just did three months of marriage counseling right there. I just, some of y'all been waiting to get that off your chest. You got, let me, Bella was like, come here, I got something to say to you. We all have issues. Can we stop acting like we've all got it together? Because you don't have it together. So, listen, I get it, I get it, I get it. Some of y'all, I know, 
Some of y'all were arguing in the car on the way over here. Weren't even talking to one another. And you live right up the street. Then you get out the car and you saw Isabella and you're like, hey, hey, hey. praise God. It's going to be a great day. All of how you like, get on my last nerve. We all have issues. We all have hangups. But we're here by the grace of God, by the mercy of God. We're not here to condemn people. We're here to, you know what the Bible says? You who are spiritual. See, hungry people, restore people. Because if you're hungry, you're going to be filled with the Spirit. But people that are being filled with other stuff, critical, condemning, judging. We don't have time to judge. We're on an assignment. We're on a permission. We got a purpose to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Therefore, everybody is welcome here at EC, and it's a safe place. You can let down your guard. Some of you don't even know how to be. Some of us don't know what to do when we enter in a safe space. So here's what we do. We shut down. And we shut down. And all the while, when we shut down, you know what we're not doing? We're not having honest conversation with ourselves. We're not having honest conversation with God. And we sure are not about to let somebody in our lives. But can I just tell you, that's not how we roll here at EC. We're here for all the smoke. I sound like I was 25. We're here for all the smoke. Bella's like, no, 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 stop, stop. It's more like 35. I'll take 35. I'll take 35. Thank you, Jesus. But we're here for all the smoke. What am I saying? All your issues, all your hang-ups, nobody's here to throw any shade. What we are here to say is, you got issues, I got issues. I got a God who has not one issue. I got a God who has a love and a grace and a mercy that is so vast, so wide, so deep. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that it's beyond our understanding. You can't comprehend the love of God. And while the love of God would reach the drug addict and the divorcee and the single mom and the incarcerated and the broken and downtrodden, you can't understand it because the love of God transcends our understanding. This is a safe place. Look at your neighbor. Tell them you're safe. Then come on in. The door is unlocked. There's this assumption of familiarity that the guest knows when the door is open, they feel comfortable. Watch this. They feel comfortable entering in without additional guidance. When I say, yo, yo, if I know Pastor B coming and I'm cooking because he think he can cook, praise God. So I'm over here and I got to show Pastor Barry that I can throw down too. And I'm like, come on in, Pastor B. Praise, you know, praise God. Opens the door. Praise God. I'm in the kitchen. You know what? I'm not giving him any further guidance. And he feels at home. At home to explore, at home to be comfortable, home to get situated. And what he'll do, man, he'll hang his coat up. He might use the bathroom, might walk around, come on in. Man, man, it smells good in here. What you got going on? You know what? We want people to feel good when they're here. 
We want people to feel comfortable when they're here. When people come, we don't look at them like, oh my God, you don't belong here because that's not in our heart. This is for everybody. So what do we do? Come on in. The door is unlocked. I've been, you're looking for, come sit with me. Come on, you want to worship? Come worship with me. We're going out to eat afterwards. Come on with me. Why? Because there is a familiarity, there's a safety, there's a comfort we want the people of God to feel here at Extraordinary Church. And then when you say, hey, come on in, the door is unlocked. You know what you're saying? Ease of access and inclusion. Think about it. All the while when somebody walks, isn't it interesting when you go to somebody's house and you assume the door's locked? Your posture is different. Who shows up like? No, when you show up, you're like, oh, my gosh, they probably got the ring camera anyway. I know Joyce looking at me right now. Every time I go by her house, I'm like, she already seen me. Praise God. So I got to tighten up, get my stuff together. I walk in, and you, 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 you knock on the door, and you're like, yo, you push the ring doorbell, and Joyce's is really loud. So I'm like, praise God. The whole neighborhood knows I'm here. Thank you, Jesus. So I got to do right, and I'm looking, and you know what? Uh, the neighbors outside, they're looking like, what is he doing there? So you, I'm like, I belong here. So you, your posture is different. But isn't it interesting if she were on the other side and just, I've heard, she's done this before because she knew I was coming. She'll say, come on in. The door is unlocked. So I'm looking at the neighbors like, they're like, what is going on? Why? I'm at home. She's saying I'm included. Oh, y'all not doing that. Come on. She's saying, hey, you're included. And guess what? It's easy to get in. Can I tell you? It's easy to get in the kingdom of God. Come on in. The door is unlocked. I ain't talking about just that extraordinary. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a great place to find your place. Hear me right now. There's not one person under the sound of my voice that has done something, is doing something, will do something that can disqualify you from the invitation to be a part of the kingdom. This kingdom, the kingdom of God is for everyone. Everybody say everyone. everyone. Praise God. It's a door. So simple, yet so profound. There's all types of doors throughout scripture. The door which Noah built in the ark was truly uh, was shut by God, meaning that God would keep them safe. You can read about it in Genesis 7. Or the blood on the doorpost. Remember when the death angel was passing over, if the lamb's blood was there, death could not enter the door. Or on resurrection morning, 2,000 plus years ago, when women found the tomb's door, a great stone had been rolled away. Not that life could escape, but that they might see the resurrection. They're literal doors, but sometimes doors are figurative in scripture. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheepfold. The sheepfold is the church, the body of Christ. Jesus, hear me, is the only entrance to the church. We read that a door of faith, a door of salvation was opened to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 17. It is the door. That's the door that I'm going to talk to you about today. The door of the saving faith of God. 
to say, hey, come on in. The door is unlocked. And I said the saving faith for God, the saving faith in God. For years in many churches, the Roman road to salvation has been the traditional way of leading people to the Lord. Romans 3, 23, every human is a sinner. If you think otherwise, the word of God contradicts that. Everybody is a sinner. Romans 6, 23, God's penalty for sinning is death. For the wages of sin are death. Romans 5, 8, because God loves us, he provides salvation. Romans 10, each person must believe on Jesus to be saved. And from there, what will happen, a lot of times, people will be led in a prayer of acknowledging their sin and accepting Jesus into their heart. And so far as it goes, I understand what they're doing, and that is accurate to a degree. Is it based on Scripture? Yes, but I've got, they're, they're, they're missing an element because one question still remains. How is a person to believe on the Lord for this salvation? Jesus did not leave it to chance. He chose the man who would first introduce his saving gospel. The man had a unique understanding of who Jesus was. He called him the Christ, the son of the living God. And what I'm about to do is a great honor. I'm about to use the same key given to that great apostle by the Lord Jesus Christ. For 2,000 plus years, the doors have been open. And I pray that the doors of your heart, your mind, and spirit, and most importantly, eternity open. I read to you in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the prologue consists of five words. One, two, three, four, five. Then Peter said to them, three wonders are wrapped up in these five words. Then Peter said to them, what is then referring to? It refers to the exactness of God's timing. Then, when? Then, the very day when the Spirit swept away the old covenant like a pile of old autumn fragile leaves and ushered in the new covenant. Then is when? On the day when the church was born, when a mystery hidden from Daniel the prophet was unfolded. Then is when? Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then, appeared, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance the first wonder of the prologue God is always on time you can get that from the word then he is never too late and he is never too early he doesn't move according to our time frame but his let me make it clear he is an on time God yes he is but it was Simon Peter speaking Simon is not a learned orator. He was weak and impetuous. He was a blustery fisherman. Would cuss you out in a second, fam. Just some of y'all like, he would? Read the Bible. 
By night, only a few weeks before, he had been chased away by a solitary accuser, a young girl. And she, she basically said, surely, you, you, you know him. You, you, you don't talk like everybody else talks. You, you look like you've been with Jesus for about three and a half years. The, the way you walk, your mannerisms, just your, you, you don't seem like you fit in here. So you know what he began to do to fit in? Cursed. He said, I told you I don't know that. Bleepity bleep bleep. Man. Did it on a number of occasions. Now, before a crowd of thousands, he's opening the same mouth and he's preaching. What is the difference? A changed life. See, the second wonder I want you to understand is that God sees people differently. He saw in Simon Peter something that others did not see. He saw a vessel he could use and a vessel that was being willing to change and a vessel that was hungry and thirsty for more of him. And he said, hey, I'm not looking for perfection, but I am looking for honesty and availability. And Peter had both of those. Only Simon stepped away just a few days before and Jesus asked, who do people, who do you say that I am? And the other disciples were silent. And you know what my man Peter said? Peter said, hey, you can read it, Matthew 16. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Simon, standing there, Jesus says, hey, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Man, see, let that sink in. That hunger, when you're spiritually hungry and you're allowing righteousness to sustain you, you don't have to worry about flesh and blood revealing anything to you because flesh and blood can't reveal anything to you. It can only confuse you. It opens up a set of keys and Jesus says, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you and upon this rock, this understanding of who I am, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. See, the vessel that God uses is not in the glory. The glory is in the vessel. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The excellency of God within. So the prologue continues. Then Peter said unto them. Here is the them that I want to focus on because here is the third wonder of the mercy of God. Peter is preaching to the crowds of Jews gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. From across the known world they had come. Many of these had witnessed and possibly participated in the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter is preaching to who? Them. Just as the preacher was a different man today. He offered the possibility of new life to them. Where once they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Now they shout, if you read in verse 37, what shall we do? My God. If that doesn't tell you there's a brand new start in the kingdom for everybody, I don't know what will. There's a brand new start here for everybody. So remember this. Following the three wonders of these five words, this prologue, in English it's 30 words, but in the Greek it's 27. 
Before we examine those words, I'm going to move quickly. Go back with me to the most beautiful verse in John. Nicodemus, a teacher of the law, a rabbi, the Pharisee of Pharisees, had come to Jesus in the dead of night. And Jesus spoke plainly to Nicodemus. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All we have to do is believe in him. Believe in him. How do we believe in Christ? Hear me, watch this. James tells us that the devils believe and tremble, but they're still outside the door of salvation. Others believe and call him Lord and prophesy and do miracles, but still remain outside of the doors. So what is believing in him? Fortunately, Jesus did not leave us without the answer. He said to Nicodemus, John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and which is born of the spirit is spirit. When the church was born, one would expect that water and spirit would be the primary features of this new birth. This is the exit, watch this, from the old life into a new one. Just as Jesus had planned, Simon Peter speaks of the water and the spirit. His first 20 words focus on the water. His last 10 words focus on the spirit. Step into the water. Step in, step in, step in and be blessed. What is he saying here? Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Oh, if we could only understand how fond God is of repentance. Do you know, how many of you all, you've heard of John the Baptist? John the Baptist would dress like me. Y'all know he wasn't dressed like me, okay. John the Baptist you had Deborah Lee, you know, he prays. John the Baptist would be wearing some camel skin and would eat honey and locusts. That's a, I, I need a little bit of that, praise God. He would eat that. But do you know he had a powerful ministry that stirred things up, Pastor B? Do you know the first word that started his ministry? Do you know what that was? Repent. Repent. The first words of Jesus' earthly ministry... Matthew 4, 17. Do you know the first word that came from his mouth, off his lips? Repent. Repent. God is fond of repentance. And Peter strikes a similar chord. He says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Peter, he doesn't have a suggestion. He has a command. It's not an option. Step in. Step in. Step in and be blessed. What is he saying? Step into the water. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Repentance begins with the rendering or rending of the heart. See, this is an invisible act of contrition and remorse, and it works its way out into a visible act of baptism. 
The first usage of the word baptism, meaning to dip or to immerse, involved meaning cloth. They would, they would take cloth into vats of dye. And what they would do is the cloth went in one color and came out another. Now Peter is commanding them to repent. In other words, be immersed into the water. Step into the water and a similar change will take place. Sins that once made you scarlet will now become white as wool. Step in and be blessed. Step into the water. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Put that up there. Acts 2.38. Just look at this real quick. Then Peter said to them, repent and let everyone, everybody say everyone, of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Okay, watch this. He that believes in me, the, to the New Testament believer, baptism in, the, uh, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ was the evidence of believing in Jesus. Where did, this, where did this come from? Where did this understanding come from? After Calvary, okay, that's where Jesus was crucified, okay? Laid in the tomb, three days, rose from the dead, okay? And before Pentecost, there were a period of 40 days. The risen Lord taught them this. He sat down with them. They were tripping because, you know, Thomas is like, hey, look, this news is so unfathomable. You got you to keep this in mind, fam. I mean, they did everything they could to secure that grave, and he came up out of it and is like, yo, here I am. And Thomas is like, uh, I hear y'all, but I'm not going to believe it until I can stick my finger in his side. And Thomas, he, 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 he experiences this, and he's like, oh, my Lord and my God. And Jesus spends time with him. He sat down with him, talked with him about his death, his uh, burial, and his resurrection. He commanded them. This is important. He commanded them to do something beginning at Jerusalem. Look at Luke 24, 46. I want you to see this. This is crazy. Thus, it is written, thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Watch this. Look at verse. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. Everybody say all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. Look at verse 48. And you are witnesses of these things verse 49 behold i send the promise of my father upon you but tarry in other words wait wait in the city of jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high they knew you ever had it's like it's like kids how many how many of you all grew up and you knew when your parents uh you were excited about christmas and they made you wait to open up the gifts wait because you got to get dressed Wait because you got to brush your teeth. Wait because we got to have breakfast. Wait because we're going to read the Christmas story. Wait because we want, and you just like, oh my God. What are we doing? I'm ready to open up the gifts. This is the, the disciples knew. They asked Jesus all the time, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And he says, wait. Wait until you wait in Jerusalem. And you know what? They, you know what? You know what that did? Hear me. Because they would ask all the time. And this waiting, when he told them that, it's like they begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness in a different intensity. They just said, we got it. Jesus is teaching them this. And he's like, I'm out. I'm out. 
And they're so fixated. Even the angels show up and like, why are you here? Go to Jerusalem and wait. And so it goes and it spreads to all nations. This message will be preached after the spirit fell in Jerusalem. Luke wrote the gospel that I just read, Luke 24, 44, or 45 through 49. He also wrote the book of Acts with great detail. The repentance and remission of sins in Luke 24 corresponds to the repentance and remission of sins in Acts chapter 2. Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. But Jesus had also said, repentance should be preached in his name. Now, Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we must believe in him. And if you look at Acts chapter 4, verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the only saving name. Go down in the waters of baptism, calling on the name of Jesus Christ. It's the way the apostles baptized, calling on his name. It's the way they baptized in scripture. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I don't know about you, but I've never forgotten that day I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I remember when I baptized many of you all, and for the glory of God, we baptized 36 people this year. We're going to baptize a couple of more before the end of the year. We might baptize some more today. I rejoice in what God is doing. I've never forgotten when the dead man, the uh, that man was gone, and I was raised to newness of life. The guilt, the shame have been buried with Jesus. Ananias told Paul, he said, arise. Wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. See, water baptism alone does not save. It is faith in Jesus that motivates it and the grace of God that permits it. But within this simple act of obedience and identification with Jesus Christ, as he suffered and died, we repent. Please catch this. And as we are, as he, excuse me, was buried in a tomb, we are buried with him in baptism. That's what Paul tells us in Romans. We are buried with him. With him. With who? Christ. So when Peter commanded the crowd to be baptized, check this out. Look at verse 41, uh, 41 of Acts chapter 2. Then those who gladly received his word, there's something about gladly receiving the word of God. You know when people gladly receive it. You're looking like, oh man, this is good. This is good. I, I, I've never seen this before. This is amazing. You know when people gladly receive the word of the Lord. I'm preaching to some people who gladly receive the word of the Lord. When you gladly receive the promises of God, you gladly receive the assurances of God, you gladly receive the instruction of God, and 3,000 people were glad about it. Glad about it. I remember February 16th. The 23rd, excuse me. February 23rd, 1997. I gladly received the word of the Lord and was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. My siblings joined me and God filled us with his spirit. Not far, not far from the upper room in Jerusalem. 
an archaeological dig has uncovered hundreds of mitzvahs. Those were ceremonial baths that the apostles may have potentially used to baptize 3,000 in one day. Man, I look forward to that. I look forward to our first baptism in Toronto. Where there is a desire to be baptized, there's a provision for it. <laughs> See, we got water. Don't y'all make me roll out this baptistry. See, here's water. It's what the, and the Ethiopian eunuch said, what hinders me from being baptized? Acts chapter 8, you can read about it. What hinders you? Step in. Step in, step in and be blessed. Let me help some of you right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do this, where am I, where am I at? Woo, I got to hurry, but musicians come. Where, where, where? I'm like, no, I'm just being funny, I was being funny, praise God. This thing on another planet, I don't know where she at, thank you, Jesus. Oh, you playing, praise God, okay, thank you. When I say musicians come, she should have been like, let me tell you what she was doing. Let me tell you. This thing cast. I was like, musicians come. She was like, wow. That's what you <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Come on in there. Praise God. Praise God. She looking at Drake. <laughs> he talking about musicians come. No, I'm just kidding. No. Let me help you out. This will, I think this will sound more spiritual when you begin to play. So I'm going to just wait. Okay, all right. I'm, she told me don't do that. Right. May the Lord help me. It'll... It'll sound just as spiritual, just from my voice. 20 words were about the birth of the water. The following about receiving the spirit were 10 words about the birth of the spirit. He says here, look, this is really cool. Let me sh let, let's show them Acts 2.38 again. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Watch this. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See? And you shall. Notice the word and. In other words, come on in. And the door is unlocked. See, and is indicative of continuous movement through this door. Not picking and choosing. It's repent and be baptized and you will receive. Jesus said we must be born of the water and of the spirit. This is so synonymous were these in people's lives that water baptism was viewed as an act of faith in salvation and spirit baptism was considered the anointing from above that was viewed as an act of grace. By grace through faith. One passage of scripture, they never viewed it separately. In Acts 19, the apostle Paul, when passing through Ephesus, he came upon a dozen followers. You can check it out. He's like, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Because he, he noticed in them believers. And they're talking. He's, and he's like, well, wait a second. Watch this. This is, oh, my gosh. I could, I could teach this, but I won't. But he says, hey, uh, yeah, they're like, we're believers. And he's like, have you received the Spirit? And you know what their response is? Man, I ain't even heard of the Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? And he says, well, then, well, how then were you baptized? Praise 
it's important. It's important. He says, well, how then were you baptized? Watch this. They say, unto John's baptism. So you know what they're like? We, that was unto repentance. Unto repentance. And here, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Let me explain this to you. He explains it to them. They're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then they all receive the Spirit as the Spirit of God is speaking through them and they're speaking in other tongues. Read it right there in Acts chapter 19. That is the will of God. Hear me. I want you to to catch this. See, let me just, let me tell you. This is a gift. It's a gift. If I say to Deborah Lee, let me use your phone praise God and I go to Isabella just act like it's mine praise God because you might take I know you don't want this for real no I'm just kidding no I'm just kidding it's look like an iPhone at least 12 13 if it was Alex's that didn't be a 6 no I'm just kidding no my man upgraded praise God <laughs> Alex like man I'm coming back and I'm getting roasted thank you Jesus if I say Hey, this, this is a gift. Imagine if it was in a box, brand new. You know, you'd be like, oh, man, this is, but well, that's expensive. You know, these phones today are expensive, like $2,000. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I know. Deborah Lee says she would this thing for life. And if I say, hey, you know, Bella, sometimes you know what we do? Oh, I can't take that. I don't know. It's a gift. I want you to have it. No. You want to give me this? Do, do, have, you, have you seen those? You know, because a lot of people do that on Instagram now. It'd be popular. There's this one guy that he'll go around and he'll, he'll take a box. He'll throw it in the air. And he'll be like at a college campus. And be like, if you catch it, it's yours. And people like. And then, you know, you'll get somebody. And then you'll get the people that, oh, I'll catch it. And then they can't catch it. And they falling all over the place trying to catch it. Finally, there's one person that's like, man. And they're ready. And they're like, boom. And they're like, what is it? And they open it up. And they're like, man, this is a, a brand new Apple Ultra watch. And you, 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 you. And they're like, you want to give this to me? They're like, no. He's like, yeah. And they're like, why? They're like, this costs like $1,500. And he's like, well, I just want to do something kind. And they're like, but why? What's the catch? And he's like, no catch. It's yours. Take it. We have a tough time receiving. When all you have to do is let, let the Spirit fill you. Let the Spirit fill you. You know what? I wish I had time to teach us. I'm going to close. I'm going to show you how easy this is. Because I did not have any insight into this at all. What I'm preaching to you now, years of study, but I was where many of you all stand today. 
Some of y'all might be here for a while, might be a part of our EC fam, respect. Some of you even online. And you're hungry for more. There is an alignment that you desire. There's a spiritual hunger that you have. Shout out. We got a hungry fam. Praise God. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to be a I'm thankful to be a part of a church that's hungry and thirsty for the things of God. Come on and give God praise. We don't want to come and go through the motions. We don't want to come and have cute church. We come to have an encounter. We pursue God like our lives depend on it. We pursue God like eternity is weighing here in the balance. So you know what? I showed up to church one day, and I ain't know nothing. When I say I ain't know nothing, but I was hungry. And I was like, the moment this dude get done yelling, I'm out. Yelling, just this man was yelling. His last name was Thompson, too. He had a big head just like me. Except he was white. We used to call him the TNT, boy, TNT. Praise God, that vanilla and chocolate. Anyway, he had, I said, the moment this man gets done yelling, I didn't know him like that at the time. It was the first time I'd ever heard him preach. I said, I'm leaving. I didn't know anything about receiving the Spirit. I didn't know anything about repentance. I, I did have enough sense, you know, you know how sometimes you do wrong. I was like, oh, Lord, that was, I I was like, Lord, I'm wilding out. I was like, uh, forgive me, Jesus. I would say that every once in a while. Uh, so I go to this church, and I say, I'm a, the moment he get done yelling, I'm going to leave. He got done yelling, and you know what? Instead of getting up to leave, I went up to the front all by myself. And I was way over here. And the first thing, here, here, here's how the Lord responds. Come on in. The door is unlocked. So you know what I did? The first thing I said, the only thing, because we complicate this. All I said was, I'm sorry. I, when I went, I realized I had come in contact with this holy God. It was perfect. And what's crazy is, his holiness didn't cause him to run away from me. His holy love caused him to run to me. You got to understand, he's not running from you. He's running to you. So I come in contact and I say, I'm sorry. And me, I thought I was hard. You know what? Working out a little bit at the time. I was involved in sport. So I'm like, I start crying. And I'm like, what is happening? I feel this love and this joy and this peace that was not of this world. And I had tried to find love and peace in a lot of places. Couldn't find it in promiscuity. Couldn't find it in alcohol. Couldn't find it in sports. Couldn't find it in culture. I couldn't find it in meditation, astral projection, Eastern mysticism. I couldn't find it in any of those things, at least that I had looked at. And I remember those tears begin to stream down my face. And here is what he said. I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, Akil, real kindly. He said, Akil, all you have to do is let me in. And I thought to myself, with this love and joy and peace that I felt, my reflexive response was, how can I say no? Nobody had ever talked to me. I had, 
I don't think I had ever read more than one chapter of the Bible. And I'm just trying to say that to be conservative so I can tell the truth. I don't think I had ever, you know, opened up the Bible before. But maybe I didn't, just don't recall. So I, I, I knew nothing. And he said, all you have to do is let me. And at that moment, that love and joy and peace that I felt on the outside, I began to feel on the inside. And I literally felt it filling me up. And I, I began to say things. Thank you, Jesus. I'm all by myself. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And like by the third, thank you, Jesus. The next thing I know, now I was on my knees and I was crying. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. As I'm saying thank you, Jesus, all of a sudden, my language begins to change. And it's, God is filling me with his spirit. And I begin to speak in another tongue as the spirit of God gives me the ability to speak and I'm do I, the Lord is speaking through me and I am thinking to myself this I have never felt anything like this in my entire life what is happening this is the most glorious thing I have ever experienced in my life so I just let it happen did you catch that I let it happen I allowed it to happen when I felt it I never said oh I just let it happen. God began to fill me with his spirit. And the moment I was done, or he was done, I remember looking up, getting myself together. Because, you know, I was, I, I was that one. I was, I was jacked up. Stacy, you'd be like, oh, Lord, this one. Church was all excited. Church was over. I, I probably prayed 45 minutes past the altar. Everybody was done. They packing up. One of them church mamas was there. She was like, oh, baby, I'm so excited for you. And she went to touch me. And I was like, don't touch me. I had no church upbringing. I didn't know. I felt such power flowing through me. I thought if she touched me, I might inadvertently knock her back. Just by her touching, like 25, like 25 feet. The Bible says that when you receive the Spirit of God, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, that you shall receive power. Can somebody testify to what I'm talking about? Yeah, praise God power when I received that I was like this is crazy and I went and told every, for a while until I read the scriptures people knew I was different I walked in my house first time my mom was like what happened to you and she said it kind of like I didn't even say hello she was cooking she was like what happened to you what attitude and my friend I couldn't even say it I was like uh because the sky was bluer and I was still riding high fam I was like, uh, <laughs> my boy was like, he received the Holy Ghost. And she was like, mm, Holy Ghost, huh? Didn't say nothing else. Went back. I went downstairs, past my brother and sister. They're like, what happened to you? I was like, yo, I just, they were, I was like, uh, I received the Holy Ghost. They were like, the Holy Ghost? What's that? My friends told them about it. My friend told them about it. They came back to church. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. We all got baptized on the same day. You know what? My mom came later. She was, you know what? We had all been baptized before too. How many of us 
were baptized as children or in our younger years because it was part of our tradition. I had done that. I had done that. But you know what? When I read the scripture, I realized that baptism was not in the name of Jesus Christ. And I realized, whoa, I see that. Or you know what? At that time, I remember doing a little due diligence about the church. I read it. I was like, yeah, they didn't baptize me in Jesus' name. But I thought to myself, I'm going to be sure. I remember that baptism. I remember because I was sincere. I didn't just do it. But it was, I, was, I was sincere. I was expecting something to happen. And I was like, man. I mean, they had me in a white robe and all that. And I'm not minimizing any of that. I was like, man, I'm, I went in, came out, and I was like, I was like, is that it? Not being, I was, I was expecting some, I was expecting to feel something. Something. And I went and I tried to live for Jesus. I had like JC shaved in my head. You know, the brother had JC in the back. They were like, what is that? I was like, Jesus Christ. I'm 14. I'm trying to live for Jesus. That joint lasted like, that joint lasted like a week, boy. And then they started playing that kid and play. I was like, ah. I was like, let's go. Next Boy, I started wilding out again. I was like, I thought you was repping Jesus Christ. I was like, man, I tried. But when I got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I came up like, I was like, whoa. I felt clean and light. I was in covenant. There's something that happens when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. As the word of God says, why don't we stand? So my, my instruction to you on our second to last Sunday before we all come together and celebrate the faithfulness of God on New Year's Eve and we're working on some special things and we're still trying to finalize some details. It's going to be an amazing day. But my question or my statement to you is come on in. The door is unlocked. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.